0: Earlier I was talking, I said something offhand and said Reese Beekman's name and Carrie just was like, oh, do you mean Reese Beekman? <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> you know that meme is like, you know, some dudes will just be sitting around and thinking about like insert like you yeah know, wide receivers from the AFC here or whatever. For me, it's, it's always uh, announcers, right? Like how they announce this player's name, you know? <laughs>
0: Well, then we got into, I had to explain who Bane
1: was. Oh, nice. Whole, whole old Bane. Thing. I wonder what Bane's doing now. Is Bane still with us? Rest in peace to Bane if he's not. Because I don't Cameron, think he was doing it. And sorry <laughs> if you are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't think he was doing the game the last time they, when they played in the dash. I love that we're speaking in such interesting definitely code. Do that do only the I, tournament. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> didn't do the ACC tournament. Um, oh,
0: man. Tony Bennett. It's just, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Bane. The name I gave her earlier as an example was Cody Miller McIntyre. Cody Miller McIntyre. (laughs) Tony Bennett's pretty good, though. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez.
1: What do you think Bane would have thought of Monday Night's game? Probably wouldn't have been too happy with it. Welcome, everyone, to the CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, as the Lord intended. We are back on a Wednesday night, February the 21st. Cavaliers coming off of an absolute just drubbing uh, in Blacksburg, completely overshadowing the win that they got Saturday against... um, Wake Forest, which, it, you know, at the time felt like a good step in the right direction. Hey, they rebounded from the pit game and, you know, got a win over Wake, but they, you know, kind of had to hold on and, um, you know, we we certainly wouldn't talk about the free throw shooting in that game where the Cavaliers were a, just a balmy one of 11 and we thought that was bad and then they went to Blacksburg and it got a lot worse. So we're going to talk about all of that and then some uh, as the team prepares for Saturday's uh showdown with north carolina before we go around uh before we get started let's go around and introduce everybody first in Fishersville, board moderator jour himself david spence is on the show how's it going my friend
2: hey pretty good um gonna pick up my second file and sit out sit out the rest of this one who Daves on the board at <laughs> who dave's on twitter
1: that's really well done and in <laughs> Charlottesville, editor-in-chief himself justin ferber is also on this year program how's it going my dude
0: just remember dave you have to throw your hands up and then look around incredulously Like you were nowhere near the ball after you pick up the foul And then you go sit on the bench Add Justin underscore Forever on Twitter Cavs
1: underscore corner on Twitter Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter There wasn't much witty banter happening Monday um, though I got to be honest, Big Monday it's kind it kind of sucks. Like it really sucks. Like I don't know what ESPN's entire like apparatus is trying to do with that big broadcast. graphic Monday. Is <laughs> it, it really is? It's big graphic. It's big. Like let's just put anything on the screen that is not the game. And listen, I would have felt this way if they were playing Wake Forest or they were playing Miami or whomever. Right. It, it the fact that it was Texas, you know, just made it a little bit worse. But like. Let's talk about – and I understand the game at that point. But, I mean, they did this stuff right from the jump where they're focused on all kinds of stuff. I mean, half the screen at times is 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 blocked out with some graphic of some description. They ran that poor Isaac McNeely quote twice, and I have no idea what he said it even in reference to. Um, it was just uh, – anyway. Um, however, the game itself we must discuss. Now, we're going to do something a little different. Normally, I get on here, and I'm like, Dave, it's been a few days. How have a feeling? i don't think there's any doubt we're all feeling um some type of way so i i told the fellas hey let's let's prepare some sort of opening statement you just sort of go in the direction you want to go for a few minutes so dave you get the floor first um you you now have the hon- the conch shell um take it away
2: yeah, so much pressure um you no know, i mean i th- i think i'd sum it up like this like you know on that rewatch which was brutally painful and i did abandon with nine minutes to go um yeah, I, mean, I think I'd sum it up like, you know, this team has had flaws all year, um, and at times they've covered them well enough to be to beat some teams they, you know, we didn't expect them to beat earlier, um, but a lot of that was through effort and execution. And I think what we saw Monday night was a lack of effort, a lack of execution, compounding the you know, the talent and roster issues that exist, um, and that goes for players and coaches. I, I don't think the coaches are you are safe from a criticism either.
1: I like how you kept it short and sweet. Uh, Ferber, what about you? Give me your opening statement.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what Dave said. I would say like, um, I said this on Twitter, like the losing to tech is not the big deal. Like how they lost is the big deal. Um, and you know, good teams, really good teams don't lose to anybody by that many points. Um, especially not like a 14 and 11 team, but even though they are very good at home and UBA struggled there. Um, but yeah, just like what Dave said, I think is true. And then also, I think it was last week I said like this team is kind of a front running team and that's not meant like as a criticism. A lot of teams are um, they they just don't. I mean, it's kind of a UVA cliche, I think, but like they just aren't a team that's built to rally. Um, we haven't really seen them have to do it uh, during their winning streak. They didn't really do it. Um you know, more than we talked about this last week, more than like a possession or two, Pitt the got on Tech them. Game would be the only exception. Georgia Tech, yeah, and Georgia Tech's yeah. not good. Um, but like, I mean, kudos to them for rallying back, and they did that by just being red hot shooting. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and that game still had a lot of time left. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think that, like the Pitt game, Pitt got on them early. UVA kind of rallied a little bit back into the game, but never really took it back. This game, they never did that. I think a lot of that has to do with where the game was played. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it just felt like – it looked like a sluggish team. I mean, both teams played on Saturday, um, and UVA looked like they had played on Saturday, and Tech looked like they hadn't. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you try to pick up the pieces and move on. Like I said on Twitter, you know, we'll see what this team's made of on Saturday. So,
1: I find it very interesting that, you know, the next evening – um, Connecticut takes it on the chin and Creighton, eighty-five to sixty-six. Right,
0: and, and Pitt I and, lost by like thirty-five last night.
1: Yeah, and and I and I wonder if one of the weird byproducts of this era of college basketball is just like I feel like these types of results are they just happen more often. I mean, that Connecticut team had won fourteen in a row. Right, uh, I, I think that is was that the nation's longest winning streak going into that game. I feel Feel like it was but I'm not entirely sure
0: Yeah I think it was because like when I looked at it When UVA was at 8 UConn was First yeah with like 11 or 12 Right
1: so they go to Creighton and just get absolutely pummeled Right and then their coaches out and they're trying to fight people Um and whatnot. And 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 I'm not I'm certainly not <laughs> I am in no way Shape or form uh making this point To absolve UVA for the, the Molly whopping the Cavaliers got in Blacksburg because to me Um I, I did not watch it more than once. The one time was enough for me. Kudos to Dave for being much stronger than I. Um, my point here in talking about this is like, one, like the uncertainty around college basketball has probably never been greater, right? You're just not really sure what you're going to get night in and night out from e- any team, right? You know, Connecticut could have gone into Creighton and, and I Mean Granite, Creighton, one of the better teams in the country. Um, you know, they could have gone in there and won by 15. Right. And they might if they played it again tomorrow night, they could probably would have done that. Right. Um, the uncertainty around college basketball is clear to me. Right. Is now, I mean, if you look around the nation right now, there are some good teams, but nobody that you're, you know, like nobody out there feels like the the team that would literally like win every game, so to speak. Right. Some years there just seems to be clear cut, you know, I mean, you, you could I'm not saying that you couldn't go into the current crop and pick out three or four teams that are like better than the other ones right but it just feels like whatever upper tier there is like look at the ACC right like whatever upper tier exists it doesn't feel like that tier is comparable to the normal for you know top tier that we might have thought of in the past and certainly UVA's problem I think what happened in Blacksburg is indicative of the issues that this team and this program have right now which is the complete lack of consistency night-to-night-to-night, half-to-half, segment-to-segment, continues to be just an absolutely brutal reality for them, right? The long and short of it, I think, is that Tony Bennett right now is is struggling because, one, even, even a couple years ago with that COVID team, the reason they won so much is, yeah, their offense was terrible, but their defense was elite, and they were able to consistently do that night in and night out. There are some nights some days when UVA defends you at a high level and it kind of doesn't matter what they do offensively because they're defending at a high level and they're getting the game to be played at their pace. Um, The Wake Forest game is an interesting example of that, right? Wake was like five of 21 from three, right? Why were they in the game? Because they had an advantage inside and Virginia still managed despite, you know, not getting a whole lot of offense managed to gut it out because the defense made enough stops. Uh, Cam Hildreth decided to, Taken a reasonably ridiculous shot at the end that I know Steve Forbes apologized for, but he probably shouldn't have. Um, we apologize for, like, knocking the kid. But, I mean, they go to Blacksburg Monday night, and I would have I would have bet a dollar to a donut that if there was a team that was going to get boat raced in this, it was going to be Virginia Tech because short turnaround time, Carolina's nothing like UVA, da 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 da, da.
0: Right from the outset. I mean, I picked was, UVA to win because I watched the most of the Tech-UNC game. It was like, right. this team doesn't look like they have, like, a... They're just rudderless, kind of, you know? And then they come out and
1: they shoot 51%
0: in the game, right?
1: 35% from three. They only took 23 and made eight. Um, They out-rebounded UVA. They uh, had 24 points off turnovers. When's the last time UVA had given up that many points off turnovers, let alone not scored but four off of the opponent's turnovers? I mean, it was just an absolutely just horrendous night for UVA, and it was that way real early. Like this thing was over real fast, and I don't think it would. It was just a twenty something to whatever run from the nine thirteen or whatever it was on the way to the half. Like this thing looked over before that.
0: It felt um, over when I think it Couture made it twenty two fourteen. Yeah, that's when I was like, uh, I think this game's actually like oh, it feels over already. I, like, I think
1: Dave sent like a text was like
2: text.
1: danger yeah, zone. They scored
0: the winning bucket with 19-18 left.
2: Yeah. Like so, they didn't have to score beyond 19 18 to go. And to I'm not even game. like I mean, like once you
1: once they dropped the rope, the thing was, you know, the thing was cooked. And and the, the, the stats that come out of it. Like at one point I was thinking about maybe writing a column. But then I was like, no, because like the stats that come out of this are just kind of useless. Because the reality was is this thing was over from the jump, right? The kid, kid scores. Um clearly tech was gonna try to get the ball inside. They were not you like that. They were not going to just jack up a bunch of threes, which I think a lot of us, myself included, thought would be the best recipe. Because I felt like if you if you look at UVA's lack of success defensively this year, it's been when teams, whether it was Pitt or whoever, had success from three and they got stretched out. Right? They're scrambling to cover. They're scrambling to close out, uh, and they're just not able to get it. What this? I mean, look, the Pitt game was, I think, ultimately way more about Pitt's ability to execute. Um, Offensively to to Essentially put UVA in some really tough Spots uh, and ask guys To make plays that they simply couldn't make In order to stop them um, Possession to possession right I think Pitt just did An absolutely incredible job of Using their time off leading into that Game and just taking taking it to An X's and O's woodshed I mean it was Kind of impressive this was Just absolutely about UVA just not being in The game Um, And again it goes back to the consistency thing it's like Tony Bennett right now does not have, He probably, I mean, I can't speak for the guy, but I think one of the things he's staring at is like, he does not know other than Reese Beekman, what this team is going to be night in and night out. Right. And even Beekman in this game, he's three of 10 from the floor. Right. He has more turnovers than assists. Like when's the last time that's happened. Right. Um, You know, other than, um, you know, maybe a little spell there really early. um, It, it just didn't feel like it was going to be their night. And it, it certainly got to be Tech's night real fast. Um UVA's last lead, I think, in this thing was at eight seven, right? Um, once Tech turned on the afterburners, man, there were UVA didn't have the, the energy nor the um the ability to to come back and make it interesting. And all it did was sort of, you know, compound. And I and I and I'm I'm going deep on this because like I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill here, but I think this is very indicative of kind of where this team is, right? They they did a really nice job there for several games, and I don't want to discount you know an eight-game winning streak, um, or that they won nine of ten. Like, I think that's worthy of of appreciation, right? But they they fed off of teams Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, NC State, Louisville, Notre Dame, Miami, um, the Florida State game. I mean, Florida State's probably better than Florida State's showing, but even that game was close. Like, most of those games were not necessarily against teams that were really you know setting the world on fire. Now, because UVA had lost to some of those teams earlier, like there was this feeling that like, oh, there's retribution, da da da. da. But
0: and also when you see a team go from losing by 20 to winning, it's like, oh, look at this turnaround. And sometimes right. it's just where the game is played.
1: Right. Like- and there were certainly moments where like they they, you know, with the minor um when, <laughs> with the minor addition, they were able to to kind of look more like what we've been accustomed to. But the reality is, is that this team is so far away from anything resembling the, the top end of its potential. I'm not even talking about, like, um, being just, like, good in terms of, like, what UVA is used to. I'm talking about just, like, what this team could be at, the, at its best, right? There are so many roster issues. And we talked a lot about this in early January, back when, before the um, winning streak, A lot of that stuff is still the same. And then, frankly, like it's up to UVA at this point to sort of turn the tide because ultimately, like the issues that this team has, they're not only not going to go away at this point, teams are going to exploit it even better than they have. Um, If you don't think Carolina is poised to boat race Saturday, um, you need to get your eyes off the marina. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is potentially really bad. And I'm not saying that from the standpoint of like UVA can't win, absolutely they could. If they come out and they don't turn the ball over and they're playing, you know, with some um some vitality, right? They got Coach K used to say they got some verve to them, right? You could see them hanging in that game and, and winning it. But the problem is is that like where does the defense come to slow some of these guys down, right? Beekman, we know, is great. Dunn is a very good help defender, and he is feasting right now on being a very good help defender. But one on one He's leaving a little bit to be desired. McNeely's not the greatest defensive threat. Um, they aren't able to really play. I mean, Miner is listed 6'8", 242, but you know, he's going to run up against centers like Afton Reed, who are just going to kind of out him a little bit. And Groves, honestly, he is most uh, substantial when he doesn't play a lot of minutes, right? When he's fresh legs, they're able to get him looks. And right now, nobody's able to get clean looks. So I came out of this, this thing feeling not just like really – Really worried uh, in general, but I—I I mean, I—I'm not. I was—I went from thinking that the end of the season was going to be interesting to being worried about the way these last four go. Not because they're going to lose, but because of the way they could lose. Um, you know, right now, Kim Palm has 67-63 as a Carolina win in the forecast, 35%. Dude, if it's that close, I'll be, I'll be, I'll feel so good about myself. You know what I mean? Like, if it's that close, um, but. The idea that this was a tournament team Real real quick The idea that this was a tournament team Beforehand, I don't dispute The idea that they're probably still a tournament team Now I think Patrick Stevens has them at as a 9 seed Okay But man, it does not bode well for what's coming on the horizon
2: Yeah, I mean Look, yeah I don't, like I said in my opening statement um, I mean, I don't think much has changed Other than they just got boat raced at Tech Um, I mean, I think if anything, the game of Tech showed how important Jordan Miner's resurgence or emergence was to them kind of riding the ship for a while. Because he picked up – do you all know what the score was when he picked up his second foul? I
1: can go back and look.
2: Without Keep, even get... looking. I know what it is. Just oh, take you? a guess.
1: Uh, I mean, it was he been, like He picked up his second foul
2: with full nine full of, minutes to go in the first It probably half.
1: been like – Tech was probably had like 10 to, 10 to 8
2: it was uh well he picked yep. it up with nine his second foul happened with 926 to left in so the like first like 14
1: 13 or something like it that it was
2: 16 to 14 Tech. 16, yeah.
1: it was two, yeah the, and then they that's when they went on the run in the next 10 minutes yeah they did score
2: put the game away like like i said virginia didn't they didn't have to score after 19 18 so in less than 10 minutes they scored enough points so basically without minor on the floor there was nothing we could do um, a reverse Cavalanch, a lot of that time what would you say
1: a reverse avalanche if you will
2: yeah yeah whatever that Is. Um, And then Don, I think, picked up his second final final five minutes. But at that point, the damage was, yeah, that that story had been told already. Um, So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a team with a razor thin margin for error. You know, it's, you know, when miners playing well, you, I know we've said this on multiple podcasts, but when miners in and playing well, everyone else can play their more natural position. Um, Blake Buchanan shows his, you know, has had minutes, but he's not the, Physical presence yet, um, and you know, Tech came out with the game plan to get Minor out of there. You know, they went to Kid on the first play. I think Minor picked up a foul in the first couple minutes because they were just trying to feed a Kid because he did nothing in Charlottesville,
1: so. right?
2: Um, and it worked. And then we're a better offensive team when Minor's on the floor because he's the best screener. You know, you guys got—I'm sure you're tired of me texting that—but like, this is the worst screening Virginia team I've seen. You know, <laughs> since since Tony got the.
0: Got the program heading in the right direction. The 2021 um, team, they basically, like, just didn't do it. I mean, they had, like, more of a, I don't know, like an NBA-style offense, almost kind yeah. of like with tech runs, because they just were had so many shooters. They could yeah, that. yeah. I mean, yeah. they had three more than we got. I mean, like, Jay Huff um, wasn't setting elite screens. <laughs> like, you know, he was better by the time he left, but, you know, he's not exactly like, you know. Thick yeah, but guy, I mean,
2: man. he'd probably be number two on this team in three. Right. Matches. Yeah. And and our best, you know, our best shooter, you know, he, he needs the screens to get open. You know, he's not a guy who's going to, I mean, our offense needs the screens, period. So, um, look, I, it was a terrible effort, but I do think on the rewatch, like, you know, there's effort, there's execution, and then there's being in an environment that you're kind of overwhelmed in. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, it's not the, despite all the hype during the big Monday thing, like there's tougher places to play than castle, but you know, rivalry game when you're behind, they're going to get chirpy. And that's one thing I was worried about, like as leading up to the game. Um, just so many guys who haven't played, had, a, had to play in an environment like that in a big role. Um, and they, I don't want to say they shot away from the moment, but they didn't perform in the moment. Um,
0: yeah. And well, also like they want a I'm bunch of road games, what, like four in a row. Yeah, but like think think about like where they won those games, not just not just who they played, but like the environments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You saw Florida State; that place is a ghost town. Like Georgia Tech, ghost town. Um, Louisville, ghost town. Like this, you know, this game, the NC State game on the road, the Wake game on the road the Memphis game, even Memphis, Wisconsin yeah. with all their fans in Florida, like those are like the toughest environments that they've had to play in. And they've lost all those games by a lot of points. Um, so, I mean, luckily in the N- ACC and NCAA tournament, you're probably not going to play in any of those environments if you're yeah. fortunate enough to get to the NCAA tournament, obviously. But, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. Like it's great that they won away from their gym. Cause like even Notre Dame, that was probably a ghost town and they got, sm- they got smashed there too but you know so it was cool that they turned it around and started winning on the road but like this is kind of a different test and so we'll duke you know when they go to duke next week yeah
2: yeah and you know, then the bc you go the back to town. the ghost town yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's like that's ghost ghost town is the is the environment there you know well also that, it's yeah. not that just like imagine. the
0: fans either it's like sometimes the other team is just way more comfortable shooting on their rims like I watched a wake last night and they were just ripping the nets and they weren't even taking good shots half the time, but like, they're just, they know that court, you know, and they're not, you're not as afraid of UVA's defense on your home court. Um, where like there's a cumulative effect at JPJ where like, you know, they get three, four stops in a row, the crowd gets into it. And then it feels kind of insurmountable. Um, the one thing I will say, like,
2: you know, there's definitely a talent thing. Like, you know, this is not the most talented roster Tony's had. Um, but I will tell you, like, if you put – if the 2019 team had executed as poorly, you know, as far as taking care of the ball, you know, a lot of these turnovers were just bad decisions, right? And, you know, poor screening and and being out of sync. Like, there's no amount of talent that can overcome that, uh, you know, as, as poorly as they did. That's why I said I don't think it's a one or the other thing. It was a combination.
1: Real quick, um, some minor – his first foul call 1812 he goes out he's out until the uh 11 minute mark when he comes back in he scores um to he's the one that scored to make it 16-14 UVA um and then he gets he gets his second foul at 20 seconds later 924 and that I think after when, it gave up an offensive
2: rebound right uh
1: correct yeah brutal um so it's and then, I mean, he, he's out the rest of this, the half, and obviously we know the way this thing went. I, I think the thing – look, I'm not trying to be alarmist here. I know that for a lot of folks in a situation like this, what they're really looking for is like, okay, what, what, is, what, is, what do we need to do to kind of put the thing back on track? I, I think that in order for Virginia to respond – I mean, the, the fact that it's Carolina in some ways helps because it is um, – there is no, there is no like, all right, well, you know what, we'll fix it and we'll fix it against Boston College or we'll fix it against Georgia Tech, right? There's, you have to be laser focused on it. So you can't, you don't have time to sort of kind of be in your feels about how terrible it was. I, I agree with Dave. To me, what I saw was it's execution and it's just a, you know, overall sort of um, uh, attention to detail, right? Like they just were not. Even remotely sharp They looked gassed The sub patterns implied They were gassed um, I'm almost positive That Tony's been sick um, I think he was pretty um, Popping a lot of like Cough drops It looked like to me During the um, game Saturday And then he didn't do His coach's show um, Jay Willie did it um, So I mean You know He's not somebody Who would ever like Use that as an excuse Or anything I'm just saying that That's just a reality Of the situation But um,
0: so he also sh- might not be the only one that is sick. If he's sick, that's you know?
1: fair. I, 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 but I mean, at the same, they look like, like they looked sick, didn't they? I I was mean, say, I'm not saying they were, but if like they came they out and said, like yeah, we were. had a, yeah, we had a flu, and it was going through the team. I'd have been like, okay, cool, like that makes sense. I would have been because, like, I get it
0: now. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Now everything clicks. But no, I, I just, I'm worried, man. Like, I'm not even gonna like you guys. Kind of took me to task earlier in the season because I was like, hey, I'm really excited about what I'm seeing, because at that point I was like, oh, Groves McNeely. um and um Rhodey, i thought they were going to be much better as a group offensively ultimately what it ended up being was like mcneely was pretty steady um and then groves was a real flash in the pan guy and now it just in hindsight it just i mean they just have not been able to be consistently um good offensively without today's point the screen the, the screening stuff is is a real problem i mean it, Oftentimes, especially right now, because there are moments where their best five on the court, two of those dudes are just not going to play offense or they're not going to be like realistically involved. And, you know, you could get away with that when you had just, you know, really talented, offensive minded players. They just don't have that. McNeely is a very good shooter. And when he's got room and rhythm, you know, he's pretty deadly. He's also six foot four. And he he's not going to get his jumper with confidence over, uh, especially because a lot of teams have been putting length on him, right? Um, Kyle Guy would shoot that thing; he didn't care, right? Um, Kyle, you know, wasn't exactly the largest fella. I think it's safe to say, what was he? Six two, maybe six three, but I think more like six two. Um, but he would still shoot that thing over somebody with length, right? He could he he could get in and out of it. McNeely, I think, is just not there to To launch that thing, um, to to basically, no matter how he caught it, no matter where where his feet were, like he's just not able to do the kind of thing that Kyle could do. Um, again, deadly when the when he's got his room and rhythm, but if he doesn't have that, it's it's hard for him. And I think there's just been too many times where he's driving to the lane, doing something that's not doesn't come natural to him, and really the offense doesn't excel with is him kind of getting to the paint. Uh, Beekman getting into the paint, Beekman using, um, sort of waiting for the for the defense to respond to any screen, and then sort of attacking the space that um, that players sort of leave behind as they sort of get out of that has been really good for them. The problem is, is that when he's not able to create out of that, um, dude just kind of standing around watching sometimes. Um, So I mean, I have, I mean, I'm I'm legitimately concerned about what the next four games look like. Maybe they come out on a Saturday and, you know, it gets back to looking the way it looked or at least reasonably close to that. I'm not saying that I'm worried that like every game is going to look like what it did Monday night. I think that was just a very different animal to the various points you guys have made. Um, But I really do think that like I'm not a big fan of the whole like every game is a referendum on everything. Um, but I do think that there have been several games this year that were a real um, – sort of microcosm of where this program is with this roster in this era. Um, You know, we talked a little bit last week about the idea of like Virginia wants Virginia's defense essentially gives teams, some teams at least the shots that they want to take. Um, It's concerning when teams can also take the shots that Virginia doesn't want them to take. And that's what Virginia tech did the other night. Right. Tech got not only the looks from three, they they were getting everything right. Um, and so I, I'm worried to see, you know, if that becomes a thing, because I genuinely worry that because UVA's offense is, is going to struggle, that the defense is going to really start to pay for it even more so. I mean, the fact that they are still like top 10 nationally in, um, in, in efficiency on, on defense after Monday night is kind of astonishing if you think about it, right? Like um, that, that that in and of itself is indicative, I think, of – of them playing pretty well um, for stretches of the season on defense. Um, I just think that there's a, there's an aspect of what the pack line requires in terms of, I mean, people are always like, Oh, you know, you need time. It's not, you don't need time to learn it. It's not like, you know, I don't mean to sound like Herman Boone. It's like Nova Kane, just give it time. But like, what you need time to do is to feel it right. Like, cause it's just not, it, it's, it's a content. You gotta be yeah. continuous. Yeah. You gotta understand where the other guys are You know, when it's at its best, dudes are moving like a phalanx, right? Like, guys understand where somebody's going to be. What I saw the other night was just dudes stepping and fetching. Like, their heads were on fire and everything else, right? Like, um pretty sure that's the first time i've ever quoted charlie daniels on the podcast that and um, then they
0: have an athleticism disadvantage that I, I we talked completely about before, agree we're like they yeah. can't they can't recover quick enough they can't so
1: recover like, so right so if they're out of position already they're going to be even more out of position later right
0: yeah and it's like wake forest kind of like didn't i'm not saying they had like a terrible plan but like they kind of seemed really uncomfortable playing in the half court and they like the ball got really sticky yeah. And kind of just like they and didn't miss the all shots, shots, yeah. And they, they just didn't move the ball well enough. And yeah, Virginia Tech, the ball was flying around. Like, and I think that's by design. They're like, if you make the extra, extra, extra pass, this team's not going to recover quick enough, and you're going to get an open shot. And yeah. I think Buchanan kind of got, like, I'm you know he had a really nice game against Wake Forest. I think on Monday he kind of struggled. Not to, Yeah, I mean, like he just looked like a guy that didn't know where he was supposed to be. Um, and it also you know, helps
1: too uh, that that Wake's best player. Virginia could cover him with Beekman or Dunn, and they could kind of move yeah, between them. Yeah, they did depending on
0: what guys the, quite a bit. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm.
1: and I think that helped. They couldn't do that in this game because, I mean, listen, they made Padula at times look like he was Kyrie Irving. I'm like, what is happening? Like, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to disrespect the dude, but he's not Kyrie Irving, right? And, like, nobody is. But there were times he's just, like, getting in the lane and making people look foolish. And I'm like, okay, what in the world? Um, but yeah. you know, when you got Couture coming off screens, when you've got Tyler Nickel being able to knock down shots, you got the Baron kid with length knocking down shots and kid was playing, I think a really nice game. And the other dude, they brought in Poteet I and mean, like, that's a big bodied, huge guy, um, who kind of, you know, he was very good at kind of controlling his space. I mean, that roster, I mean, make kind of makes you wonder like how in the world, um, they've kind of gotten to be where they are. You know, to be 15, 11, on seven seven, eight, and the. I mean, well, they're, they're not, not exactly. I, uh, aside, I, guess, I was going to say, either. aside from what ESPN tried mm-hmm. to convince everybody, like they've got the greatest home court advantage, right? What they lost to Miami at home, they lost yeah, to they uh, Duke record. at
0: home, obviously. They <laughs> lost to, the most... um, you know, they're not they're like fourteen and two at home. Or something. Yeah, it's not.
1: It's It's yeah. it's not like they have this. Do- they've been dominant. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, yeah,
0: I but I saying, mean, like, their road record is like five and ten or something yeah, like it's that. Bad. It's real bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, just getting back to what you were talking about with the with the defense. I mean, there is a reason my shield has a requires a combo of eleven stocks, right? Steals or blocks. Because this team is just not great half course have in the half court defense. Um this is not the you know the 2020 team. Um heck you you know we were just talking about when Jordan Miner went out and it was 16 to 14. I was just reading through the play by play. So Minor goes out uh, I won't read this whole thing, but um, it's 16 to 14. Then they have Padulia makes a layup, Beekman turnover, Lynn Kidd dunk, Blake Buchanan miss jumper. Um, then they miss a layup on a Blake Buchanan block, but they get it back and Dunn picks up a foul. So two free throws. Then the next possession, we have a uh, miss layup. They make a dunk. Then we turn it over, they make a layup. At that point, <laughs> it is 26 That's to 14, and they defense. haven't shot a jumper.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a fair um, point. Because there's and no those were protection. like uncontested layups. Yeah, they
2: weren't even. Yeah, they were. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: dudes barely breathed on them.
2: Yeah, so you know, but that combo plus you get like, you know, Groves is not as good when he plays more minutes. Yeah, like, he, he's a microwave. He he needs to come in and and heat it up. And you've seen every game where he started a second half or gotten more minutes. Like his his shot production has calmed down, um, which gets to my next point. I think I don't. Yeah, I know I texted this to you guys, but, um, you know, despite not having any, I mean, by far, IMAX is the best three-point shooter on this team, right? He has two career games where he shot nine attempts. Kyle Guy had 23 in his final two years. Like, there shouldn't be, Kyle Guy had other dudes who could shoot, and obviously we... Yeah,
0: you know, he didn't have, have to a little do faster it all. offense. <laughs> like, he didn't
2: have to shoot that many times. Kihei has more than that. Now, granted, he played five years, but... Like, he, hey wasn't the shooter. IMac needs to be a little stingier. And I know, like you mentioned it earlier, Brad, like he's a little, IMac's a little taller than Kyle Guy, but Kyle had this, Kyle could catch the ball, turn sideways, and then, you know, jump and square up in the air. IMac doesn't quite have that. But IMAX I think, with this team, with the guys around them, a contested IMac 3 is better than done uh, passing like up an open shot. Or, yeah, yeah. And I think he just needs to be a little more selfish. I think it would help the team.
0: So and I think like what Reese did the last few games before this one, I think was kind of like making up for the fact that they were kind of missing that where, you know, he goes for 20 against wake in a game where neither team got to 50. Like, yeah. I mean, and it's like against Virginia tech, I think they had, and I, I think we'll continue to see this. And we'll definitely see it on Saturday. Teams are just going to like deny the middle third of the court. And cause that's where he drives into the lane and they're going to say if you want to beat us into the you know heart of the defense you have to go baseline. Um and maybe that opens things up for guys like Buchanan to kind of get some decent looks from like 6 feet. Um but yeah, I think like Reese getting to the basket is going to be something that teams are going to be more focused on because you're right like McNeil doesn't have the volume of shots where you like they have a plan for that. Like you said they'll put a guy on him that's 6-8 that can move if you have that guy. Um which is weird because like Florida State has like six of those guy uh, guys, but um they couldn't figure it out. But yeah, I mean I think like it just kind of they don't have a lot of options on offense when guys like Rody are just kind of like invisible. And I'm not just picking on him, but like you know Dante Harris isn't really like producing a lot of points, and those guys are playing a lot. Homefield Apparel is back with brand new options
1: for the Wahoos and so much more. With college basketball now in full swing, there has never been a better time to gear up. With officially licensed apparel from Homefield. First time customers can get 15% off their first order using the code CAVS23 at checkout. Homefield has comfortable, thoughtful selections not just for UVA, but for more than 180 schools across the country. So no matter who you pull for, there's something for you. Their plan is simple dig through the archives and the history of the schools to find unique logos, mascots, traditions, and moments to make thoughtful designs. For your favorite school. I love what they've done with the various UVA logos and I'm really excited about what they're gonna do in the future. Their products are printed on high quality garments with extreme comfort in mind. You're not gonna find anything better out there. So don't miss the hottest styles and the most sought-after apparel. Shop at Homefield today and wear one for the team. HomefieldApparel.com use the promo code CAVS23 for 15% off your first order. Thanks to Homefield for their support of this show and all of CavSCorner.com.
2: I think Rody gets a little bad rap because he's the one willing to take the open shot.
0: I want him to shoot the ball. I mean, like, it's yeah. not that. It's just like, I, he just doesn't consistently score points.
2: No, no. no I'm not saying, you're like, yeah. like a, I've caped up for Rody. Like, he's not shooting well, but there's he other guys. He doesn't overdo it
0: either. He doesn't shoot, like, when, you know, like eight shots a game when he should shoot three. It's yeah. more like he shoots three and makes one. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, but Dunn always has, there's at least one or, I'm, I feel like we're criticizing every player, but anyway, I feel like there's a, there's always a possession. They or just two got beat by forty. It's okay has, for us to criticize. Yeah, yeah. them. <laughs> that is fair. Um, there's always possession or two every game where Dunn has a wide open three and he just doesn't take it. Which yeah. honestly, like, like he, I, he I would like much twenty five percent from three.
1: Isn't that right? Yeah, it, I would rather. I, I would rather a guy <laughs> rather him not, shoot that. <laughs> yeah. I would rather a guy not shoot a shot he's not comfortable or confident shooting. My problem is. To that, that
2: point, it's like, gonna lead to a forty percent two point shot. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes
0: so so Brad so Brad, would you tell them to just deny free throws and just have them inbound on the ball? <laughs> it's like nah, we'll take it out. Nah. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll just take the possession.
1: We'll just take it out. Real quick, so Dave, that was a really interesting point. I went back and looked at Kyle's last his 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 senior year. Now, granted, I know we're 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 comparing a little bit like apples, like we're we're kind of comparing like gala apples to like Granny Smith or something. Right. But like, like how guy would shoot 33s a game? Wait, on hold on. Wait, hold on. <laughs> UVA played 38 games. Right. In, in 2019. Right. All right. Would you believe that in only 11 of them, did guy not take more than six threes in a game? Okay. Right. And not only that. All right. Not only that, not only that, not only that, but like he, he was Oh, for 10 against Oklahoma. Oh, for 10. He was 2 of I 11. I forgot against he was ice going into that. He was 5 of Purdue. 12 against Purdue. Like my man was still pulling even though he for a little while there he could not hit the broad side of a barn, right? He for in two games he was 2 for 21 and he still <laughs> yeah. pulled 12 the next game, right? Like that's because he that knows year? he's supposed that's what he's <laughs> supposed to do. And you look back at his year against Syracuse, he goes 8 of 10 from 3. Against Notre Dame, he's four of ten. Against Virginia Tech, he's six of thirteen. Like there were a number of games where he's he's pulling double digit threes, not just like that's nine basically or seven. what
0: UVA's whole team does now. It's like right. four for twelve would be the whole team, like,
1: right? Exactly. Like in this game against Tech, they were two of twelve as a team. Like Kyle guy could do that on his own, right? Let alone what Ty, Ty was doing. Let alone what Dre was doing. And again, and I know I'm comparing the them to the literal, uh, you know, championship. Team here, but like it, it kind of just it, it's striking to me how McNeely is a guy right now, right? Who is you know we know the season he's had, we know the production he's had. The he's what shoot forty six percent from three, which is you know he was like top five nationally. Now he's like like tw- top twenty five. You know Groves has has caught him at he's at forty nine point four, so he's basically fifty percent. Um, but like it's just wild to me that UVA can have a guy who is shooting that well right who's only taken 137 threes right now i know that that number sounds if you think about if you're not like kind of dialed into it that number sounds kind of big kyle guy took 25.3 a game he took 282 threes as a senior he took 212 as a as a as a junior or excuse me he wasn't a senior he was a junior that's my bad earlier I said senior too. I meant junior Hey Brad check um, out check out his
2: game against Virginia Tech in 2019 Which one? Uh the oh, the 6th the, right the, there, the, the, the 23 23 18th game where yeah, the score was, yeah. was 64 to 58. Yes. Virginia win.
1: Yeah. How many three-pointers did Cole take? 13. He was 6 of 13. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he basically won the game. Yeah, he yeah. was 6
1: of 13 and he also had three assists. Um, yeah. it's kind of kind well, of also the thing, thing right. that
0: kind of gets me, and I, again, I don't even think we're necessarily criticizing McNeely specifically. It's more just like the flow of what things like. I think he's like afraid to take bad shots, but it's like your bad shot might be better better than what you're gonna get. You know, that's the old Joe um, Harris
1: thing, right? Like a good, like a bad Joe Harris shot is better than a, anybody else shot.
0: Yeah So, like, yeah, he's, I mean, hey, the think they kind screens. of. Yeah. The thing Whatever. that kind of gets me is that, like, so last year, and obviously his role was much more specialized last year. He took 182 shots. 130 were threes. Yeah. So what's that? I like that's a high percentage. This year he's taken 137 threes, so more threes already, but 137 versus 130 last year. He's taken 259 field goals. Yeah. Yeah. And his shooting percentage is 42.9 this year. It was 42.3 last year. So.
1: He's yeah, taking he's way more that. shots. He's 39% on twos and 46% on threes.
0: Yeah, so he's taking, like, he's taking 122 twos versus 137 threes, whereas, like, last year, like, 75% of his shots were threes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't blame the kid. Like, he, you know, he's a second year, right? Yeah.
2: Um, This is Reese's team. So, I mean, and it's Tony's team. I mean, I think it's up to Reese and Tony to say, hey, Reese we needs need power. Like, out. you're our yeah. shooter. Shoot. Right. And Tony needs to say, "Shoot, I don't care if it's contested because, I mean, I'd rather have him shooting a contested three than and in the last few games he has been better from two. By the way, but yeah, because I kind of, but yeah,
1: it's it's still. I mean, he's. I mean, get his two point looks
0: aren't all terrible, but they're not a lot. Clean. But all, but they like, also
1: a yeah. lot of those looks come because he's like, you know, he's head faked, shoulder fake, whatever. He's gotten into the lane, yeah. and he and it takes, you know." With all, I mean, it just takes a long time for him to get to the place where he's going to take the shot, yeah. right? This and are, also, he's usually not, taking
0: it for a reason, which is like the right. shot clock's about to expire. Right? Him. These are
1: these are not like jab step one dribble pull ups, right? Yeah, like, it's not th- this is, <laughs> like this is like this is real manufactured, you know. And 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 look, I I think that what we're talking about here is, you know, to 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 what Dave was just saying a second ago. It's not that we're saying like, hey. The kid is is not doing the right thing. It's more about we we're looking at the bigger picture. Like, I'm not a stats drive everything. I mean, we talk a lot about the shield, but I think the shield is not necessarily about the stats. The shield is basically a, a quick way for you to look at the game and say, how is it going? Because this is how UVA has to win, right? You're not saying like, hey, we just need three more blocks and then we're automatically going to win. If those things are coming in the flow, like that's, that's the way they look when they win. The problem that I see is that like, these numbers, and I'm not like a, you know, this, the end-all be-all with the numbers. But, like, the fact that they are 2 of 12 from 3 in a game that they lost by, like, 40. Like, it makes you wonder, like, what were they doing, right? Because if ever there was a game at some yeah, point in the second half threes? <laughs> to start just, like, trying everything you could, right? And, and I think today's point, like, this is, you know, it's Reese's team, but it's Tony's team. And... I understand the idea like, hey, we're going to work for a good shot and all that. I get that, all right? And if if you can't get yourself good looks from three, great. I understand that. However, you got to shoot shots, right? There's a shot clock that says every so often you got to shoot the ball. I'm sorry, but I don't think that it's in UVA's best interest to take a, you know, for lack of a description, a really low percentage shot when the earlier sometimes or whatever it is, contested 3 is still better um because at least the guy is shooting a shot that he's comfortable shooting again he's got a guy in his face usually with some length if he's not comfortable shooting he shouldn't be shooting and i get that right but i feel like on some level when i watch them there are too many times where i say you know shoot the shot like take it take the shot take that pop that like it, it's not just imac it's 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 present throughout the whole entire operation right dudes are just unsure of what they're supposed to be doing sometimes They they look like they're waiting for the
0: team. It's happened over the course of time. with And that's
1: and that's exactly kind of the point I was kind of getting at, which is like this has been a this has been a symptom for for UVA for a while. Right. That 2019 team had three absolute alpha dogs on it. Um, And those dudes were if we think about it, they were remarkably good at sharing uh, the kind of responsibility. Right. Um, They all wanted the ball. Um, they wanted it and talked about it or tried to get it in different ways. Dre, obviously not exactly the most vocal in terms of talking about it, but he, you could tell he was, you know, when he was engaged and he was really kind of getting his looks, he was a different player on both ends,
2: right? And when he wasn't, Todd Jerome and Tony would get on him,
1: right? Yes, like the second yeah, half and I think that's Texas fair. Tech. So I feel like if you sort of look at this team, and you start trying to figure out like, okay, where is it going wrong? I think part of it is, is that, you know, they're trying to make up for some issues on the roster that simply you can't make up for, right? They kind of are who they are. But to be the best version they've got to be, McNeely's got to be shooting more, right? They've got to be the, – the decisions have to be faster. The ball has to move. I think that's been the thing is it like, I feel like the last few games, yes, they're running a lot of the same action, but it just feels like it's taking longer for them to get yeah. through it and, and certainly to get into it. Like, I just don't think there's the same – confidence there's not there's not the same sort of uh cohesion guys are not nearly as continuous and i do think that maybe some of that's coming from what uh, what they're doing on the defensive end
2: yeah, yeah and you want too- another quiz just to sure uh, go ahead how many three-pointer attempts does uh, jake groves have the last two games
1: oh man uh five? it's one. Oh, really that's not good yeah it was yeah and honestly like against- i mean i he think
2: he was shooting like 80 percent over a five game span yeah. and he's gotten a total of five in the last
0: stretch where we're one and two yeah, he's yeah, he had some chances and just hasn't taken them all. Yeah. Like, I mean. He's oh, God, no words, you're right. Because
1: three of four against uh, against Louisville, six of eight against Notre Dame, three of four <laughs> against Clemson, two of four against Miami, two of two against Florida State, only one of four against Pitt. And then he was oh, one against Wake didn't take one against Tech.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that wouldn't have helped them on Monday, but no, but it's it just would have maybe helped play. them on Saturday when the game really came down to the wire when it maybe didn't have to. Yeah. But he played
2: over 20 minutes in Monday on a game we were getting smoked, and he couldn't. We couldn't get him a three. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. Like, draw something up for Groves to get a or three just off.
0: Or just shoot the ball. Who cares? But you it, got it got speaks to points. him
2: having to play out of position too. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Agreed. I think like you mentioned, Brad, like the offense. I definitely remember seeing this a lot in the first half on Monday. Um, you know, like there's been a criticism of like the UVA offense in the past, and I don't, I don't. It depends on the team, but I don't always think it's fair that UVA is basically just killing clock and then they like do what they have to do. Um, I think a lot of times they're working for shots, but this team, it really does feel like they wait until there's like eight seconds left. And then they panic like a lot. Um, They realize like how many times, like for UVA, it feels like for this year, it's like they get to like five on the shot clock, six, seven, eight on the shot clock. And then the guy's like, Oh, I need to do something. And then they're getting a bad shot out of that. 90% of the time. Like, like, and it's not, it's not always like that. Like a lot of times they're just running their action and like waiting for a guy to pop open. Like even right. last year, I would say that was the case. A lot of the time this year, it feels like they really are just kind of like, uh, I guess we'll just run around for like the first like 15, 20 seconds. And then yeah, there's a lot like, of like, maybe, some, maybe and- something good will happen for us. But a lot <laughs> of it is just kind of like waiting for the clock to get down to a certain level. And then whoever happens to have the ball at that time, either gets a, uh, halfway decent two and makes it Or like they force something Or they try to make way too many passes And then the guy has to shoot with like one second left yeah, Or you, get, like you a, end w- up with a Dante Harris 19 foot
1: <laughs> There's a lot of dudes Standing at the top of the key Waiting for somebody to come off a screen As they stand there
0: Right, and that's Dave's point about the screens too. Is like a lot of times the reason that that looks that way is because guys come off screens completely covered,
1: completely covered. <laughs> like, well, then they so they throw the ball to the guy, and the guy throws it back to him immediately, and the guy is still in yeah, the it's same like spot. It goes
0: back to Reese, and then you just start the whole thing. And it over. goes and and, and, you, and it's the opposite in the, side this time. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and it's and and ball is not moving side to side to side. No, no, it's just moving between side middle side middle. And you're like, okay, well the defense is even working. Like what? Like kind of the whole point of like working to get a better shot is making the defense work. And the whole idea is that. Like oh on defense you're making them work for a good shot And so if you're doing the same on offense you're making them Sort of cover for 20 Some odd seconds right Um, You get some benefit to that What I'm seeing is UVA getting gassed Running dude just running around Right running 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 I mean and I do think that is part of what We saw the other night in Blacksburg again I'm not saying that they got taken to the Woodshed because dudes were tired Tech had the exact same scenario where they had to play A team on Saturday and then play a team on Monday right um, but if you look at the substitution patterns earlier in that game you could tell that they were they were preparing to try to per, to try to protect minutes um in ways that I don't think we've seen tony do or need to do um, this season now again if if I find out later that the dudes were sick or whatever it would make total sense right because that's exactly what you would think you would do you would try to get him an earlier blow earlier in the game than maybe you would normally um but the substitution patterns i I, I think have been, at times, very confusing to me, and and this is. I mean, not I feel like every phenomenon. game
0: we get in a situation where we're like, "This is a weird lineup." This like, is a weird lineup, yeah,
1: exactly. And that's not that's usually not a Tony thing, but I mean, like we joke about like you know he's kind of mad scientist in the early part of the season because he's just playing with the lineups and seeing whatever. But usually, man, things really settle down come January. Yeah. <laughs> and by yeah, like Leon by this Bond point, was
0: playing the other night, I was like, Leon Bonds playing? Like what is going on? Like I, and, I mean. And, I mean they did not the He scored
2: the bucket to stop the run yeah, they were
0: down like 20 <laughs> points at that point, so maybe it didn't matter. but I was kind of like this feels so out of place yeah like you know what I mean it was uh, <laughs>
2: this is why they're not playing lineup <laughs> that yeah. was, what it was
1: um I think we should probably move forward to Carolina for just a couple minutes. um we'll need to play better <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, probably Dave, I don't that? think they're gonna get away with the effort that they put up on Monday.
1: Yeah. Day with the outlier. The, I'm not trying to the, avoid
2: the, a 30-minute analysis, but if we don't play better, we're probably not going to win that game.
1: <laughs> so Carolina currently 19 in offensive efficiency, 10th in defensive efficiency, which has to be the first time I can remember on this podcast talking about a Carolina team who was better on defense and technically than they were on offense. Um, listen, m- the problem that UVA has here is that that they not only have bako back and they not only have R.J. Davis back. But the Ingram kid is really good And The Cadeau kid I think gives them Between him and Cormac Ryan They kind of give them what They kind of need them to give them What's hysterical to me is that they've got Tremble and Withers <laughs> Coming off the bench um, Which kind of feels like an embarrassment of riches In a, in a lot of ways um, I mean I think the only way for UVA to, to win this game Is to get back to being Who we've seen them be and it's not like I'm asking them to be the, you know, the 92 Bulls or whatever. I, I'm just saying like they got to be able to screen. Um, I, I'm not sure how you're going to defend Baycoat and Ingram. I'm assuming that 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 Dunn draws Ingram, um, and you're just going to live with whatever you get out of um, uh, Minor and um, and Buchanan against Baycode. Um, R.J. Davis, Beekman should be a fascinating matchup. Um, So, really, I think it comes down to is, like, can UVA get shots? I mean, this Carolina team plays defense at a a much higher clip, and they're much more engaged defensively with consistency um, than past Carolina teams are. But, no, I think (laughs) as succinct as it was, I think Dave's point was perfect. It's like, look, they just got to play better. I mean, there's just no way around it. The ball's got to move. Guys got to score. Guys need to defend. They got to cut down on turnovers. They got to be more efficient. They got to play, essentially, UVA basketball, right? Um, you know Carolina's going to kill you on the glass. You know they're going to get second chance opportunities. You're going to have to generate more um, possessions via steals and blocks um, in ways that this team just we know they have to have. But you can't be, you can't be getting beat you know by 10 in assists. You can't be you know getting beat by 20 in um, points off turnovers. Like you just that's just not going to just not going to be realistic. And frankly, I feel like if you shoot. 2-0-12 from three against this Carolina team. You're probably going to get boat raced. Like you're going to need to score points. Um, you guys got anything else to add to that?
0: I mean, you're right. I mean, I think <clears throat> I, I think UVA has a path to win, and it's it's not like the widest, um, but it's similar to what we've seen in the past. You kind of keep Carolina in that. Um, I mean, some of the Roy teams scored even less than this, but like the fifty eight to sixty six. And then you just try to like make it. You have to be efficient on offense. Like you said, you have to get shots. Um, Reese is probably going to have to have a big game on both ends. IMAC and Groves will probably have to hit some threes. You probably need, I would say, like six or seven threes at a minimum, probably more than that um, to win. And you have to make more than one free throw, probably. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's really going to come down to. Can they force North Carolina to take some uncomfortable shots and then hope that they just don't make them? Because Carolina won't care. They'll take bad shots, good shots, whatever. You have to kind of keep bako to probably like, you know, I, I would assume he's going to double double. So like 16 15, and 16. Okay. Yeah. 16, 18 and 11 instead of like 25 and 14. Um, and and then you have to hope that they don't make a lot of threes, and then you have to make your own. And yeah. maybe the JPJ crowd can put them over the top. They're not going to win a game in the 40s, um, so they're going to have to be more efficient. But it's going to be tough. But Carolina, I mean, they've been really good, but they've you know they've been fallible too. I mean, they've yeah. lost they lost a the Georgia Tech, they lost to the Syracuse on the road. Um, they barely beat Miami um, on the road. So I mean, like it's possible. It's just UVA is going to have to be up for it, you know, and it's one of those games, too, where like, again, at the front running thing, I think if UVA gets out to a good start or at least kind of holds their own through the first half, then they got a shot. If they kind of come out sluggish and have a few bad possessions and you look up and they're down 16 to four, they're going to lose by 20.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would almost like to think that you you kind of just want the best thing that can happen for you is that. Mac Ryan is just jacking a bunch of threes. Um, yeah, but you know he's what eight of sixteen over his last two games. Yeah, Before I mean you want was,
0: Davis, you want Davis and Trimble and those guys like volume shooting and just missing. Really. Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean, because here's the thing: it's like Davis will get his shot whenever he wants to, right? Like he, that's just the thing he does. Um, Ingram, I think, is is a scarier piece because we have seen Dunn be such a great help defender on the ball. You know, it's a little hit more hit or miss and certainly trying to close out on shooters as the Blake Henson experience sort of um, implied, like that can be a problem. I would not be surprised to see Ingram sort of hunting his shot a little bit. Um, And, you know, that is something I think, you know, he's a really talented player. Um, He's probably my favorite non UVA guy uh, out there this year, just other than Shefflin. And I, maybe I just have a thing for you know six seven dudes who can shoot and do all the little things, but Ingram really does do all the little things. Um, I mean, he is he is a big reason why I think Carolina is is where they are right now, and certainly I think was a was a big reason why they won what was it um, eight ten in a row whatever it was before they lost to Georgia Tech. Um, they've been real weird on the you know back and forth, right? Um, so they they would lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game. If that Still comes to pass, they just beat Tech, and they get the, the week off. And there's another, you know, team with some extra time off to prepare for UVA. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think UVA's got to – essentially, like, this is not like they don't need McNeely to go out there and hit, you know, 14 threes, right? They just kind of need to be who they've been when they've been successful. And I don't think that the, that, that, that is a gargantuan ask. It's just more about consistency, which kind of goes back to my – uh, first point all right david give us some thoughts and take us home
2: yeah i mean i don't have a lot to add to i mean the way virginia beats north carolina year in and year out um and north Carolina's had some super good teams rolling to JPJ. we've gone there and played some super good teams um several that have mismatched uva that season but the ones virginia's had success it's when virginia is able to exert their style of play um Like, this Carolina team is definitely better defensively than some of the ones we saw late in the Roy Williams era or the last year or so. Um, But having watched them play, their defense, like everyone else's, is tied to their offensive success. So if you can make them work hard, you know, you just got to dig in defensively. Even if they have success, you got to make them wait 20 seconds to have it. You can't have them getting turnovers like we saw at Tech, um, like we did at Memphis. Like, you've got to – End every possession with them taking the ball out of bounds, um, ideally, right? And if you do that, I think Virginia's got a chance just because it's at home. Like, I'm glad this game's not on the road after what we saw Monday. But You <laughs> made it to that? Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's going to take guys. Uh, I, I don't know if they need to play out of their ability, but guys need to trust their shot, and they need to, need to execute better. And then at some point, Carolina's going to have a run, and hopefully being home will... We'll stop it. Um, you know, we'll help help this team keep it together to stop the run. But yeah, I think it's it's still a place. If you look at even like you know we've been talking about that twenty nineteen team as a not that we're doing a direct comp, but even that team like they didn't break they didn't score seventy against Carolina like because right. that's not how we beat them. You know, we slow them down and frustrate them. Right. Um, so this team's gonna have to rally, and I am sure at this point by Saturday they're gonna be so tired <laughs> of practicing defense. Uh, I am not worried about that side of the ball as much as I am offense.
1: That's fair. All right. I think that is a good place to put a pin in it. If you are somebody out there, finding the podcast through the website. Thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, overcast, Spotify, wherever it is that you're getting your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating review, we greatly appreciate it. Check us out. Otherwise at calves Lots to read, lots to react to, and lots of people who probably feel very similarly to however you feel. I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show. And of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously their time, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CashCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.